2: Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the Cutting Edge Christian Apologetic Ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is one eight eight eight. F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one do not be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one eight 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 F forkfax Well, we've had a, such a tremendous response to our new series on the trivia questions from the Bible that we've decided to continue this series. There are many trivia questions in the Bible from Genesis to revelations that will shock you, surprise you, bless you, grow you, and mature you. Tonight, Dr. Buckner brings us part nine on the trivia questions from the Bible for we are not pretending, but we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight?
3: Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction, and we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight with these trivia questions. It's been blessing so many people, and we trust that it's going to continue to bless you and your children, your marriage, your family, your church, and uh, and also the community. And uh, we know that this is a good way to learn how to get excited about the Bible. You know to fall in love with God's Word, and God's Word in love with you. And so we're going to get right into these trivia questions, and we want to encourage you to get your pens ready and your paper, and uh, we want you to take uh, these uh, questions down. And we're going to give you an opportunity to see if you can guess it, see if you can get it right and if you don't don't feel bad because you know the bible says to grow in grace and the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ and, and nobody knows it all but god so that's another thing that we need to come to grips with you know he's uh, omniscient he knows all things and uh, uh that's the joy of knowing the lord in our lives now the first question is this how many books how many books in the bible that starts with the letter J? Let me ask that question again. How many books in the Bible that starts with the letter J? Ponder about that, think about that, wrestle with that. Well, the answer is this. There are 12 books in the Bible that starts with the letter J. Let me give you them, okay? And maybe you've thought of some of them. The first one, and these are in order, Joshua, that's number one, number two, Judges, number three, Job, number four, Jeremiah, number five, Joel, number six, Jonah, number seven, John, number eight, James, number nine, first John, number ten, Second John. Number 11, 3rd John. And number 12, what do you think that one is? Jude. There are 12 books in the Bible that starts with the letter J. Oh, that's some exciting things to know about the Bible. Uh, Question number two. According to the Bible, the new earth won't have any what? According to the Bible... The new earth won't have any what? Now think about that and ponder on that because, you know, God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Well, the answer to that is this, seas, S-E-A-S, seas. We find in Revelation 21 and verse 1, Revelation 21 and verse 1, it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, And there was no more sea. There was no more sea. That's the one thing that will not be a part of the new earth. Very important thing to know. Question number three. Question number three. Who was the only person in the Bible, in the book of Genesis? Who was the only person in the book of Genesis? Notice I said in the book of Genesis, who lived less than 120 years old. Who was the only person in the book of Genesis to live less than 120 years old? Think about that. Ponder on that for a moment. And the answer is Joseph. We find in uh, Genesis chapter 50, verses 22 and 26, verse 22 says, And Joseph lived 110 years. And then it says in verse 26, And Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Great question. Important question. These are questions you need to challenge your children, challenge your family on. Have a Bible study around this, and kids get excited. Parents get excited. Churches get excited. Uh, So question number four, question number four. Who was the first man to prophesy in the Bible? Who was the first man to prophesy in the Bible? Think about that for a moment. Ponder on that for a moment. Think on that deeply for a moment. We always talk about prophecy, but do you not know that the first prophecy in the Bible didn't start with 1 Corinthians chapter 12-14, through It goes all the way back, all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to Genesis, and the answer to that is Enoch, Enoch, E-N-O-C-H, Enoch. It tells us in Jude 1 and verse 14, it says in Jude 1 and verse 14, And Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, The Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. He prophesied. See, this is the first prophecy in terms of a person doing it. Uh, We do know that there's a prophecy in Genesis 3 of Jesus Christ, but this is the first man who comes forth and is prophesying. Question number five. Question number five. Where in the Bible does it teach that angels sing? We hear this in some of the preachers' sermons and some Bible studies, even especially around Christmas time, and Christmas time is right around the corner. Where in the Bible does it teach that angels sing? Well, the answer to that is that the Bible doesn't teach that angels sing. It teaches, and we learn, that angels are praising God as messengers of God to do his will. But you hear about that all the time, about angels singing. No, they're praising God. They're praising God. Question number six. Was there a city... Notice this question. This is a very good question, very interesting question. Was there a city in the Bible called Adam, A-D-A-M? Was there a city in the Bible called Adam? Think about that for a moment and ponder on that. Well, uh, I don't know what you thought and what you said, but the answer is yes. Yes. Adam was the first man in the Bible, and yet there was a city called Adam in Joshua 3 and 16. In Joshua 3 and 16, it says, far from the city of Adam. Wow, that's very interesting and very informative. Question number seven. Question number seven. Who was the person... Who had worms in his skin during his testing and trials? Who was the person who had worms in his skin during his testing and trials? Think about that. Ponder on that. Well, the answer is Job. We see in Job chapter 7, verse 5, it says, Job says, My flesh is clothed with worms. My flesh is clothed with worms. When you think you have it bad, when you go through trials and tribulation, remember Job. (laughs) Remember Job. It may comfort you to not just get so caught up into your own drama of your, your problems. Question number eight. Question number eight. And I believe this is the last question. Who was the theologian in the New Testament that was unskilled and untrained in speech? Who was the theologian in the New Testament that was unskilled and untrained in speech? Well, the answer to that is this. Now, ponder on that. Think about that. The answer is, and this is shocking to people, the answer is the Apostle Paul. You say, the Apostle Paul? you got to be kidding me, Dr. Buckner. No, I'm not kidding you. Second Corinthians chapter eleven and verse six uh, in a modern day translation says even though Paul says, Even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge. Wow, that is pretty heavy. Second Corinthians chapter eleven verse six. So in Second Corinthians eleven verse six, the apostle Paul acknowledged his lack of training in the rhetorical skills and in Greek culture. But in Acts chapter 18 and verse 24, the Apostle Paul said he was a preacher of the gospel and not a professional oratory. He says in 2 Corinthians 11 and 6, I am not not in knowledge. So whatever his handicap deficiencies, the Apostle Paul may have had an oratory problem And But he didn't have an oratory problem or a problem when it came to the knowledge of God's Word. Paul did not refer here to a rabbinical training under Gamaliel. We learned that he was trained under Gamaliel, great Ph.D. of the day, and uh, Acts 22 and 3. But his knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which he received directly from God, this is an encouragement to all of you who are not good in oratory, speech, rhetoric, linguistical language, and communication, this is an encouragement to you. And let me kind of give you some examples of people who were not trained in oratory and rhetoric, and skill, communication, and yet God used them. We learn of uh, Moses. He could not speak well, and Aaron did the speaking for him, but God still used him. We learn about the disciples. They were unlearned men, and yet people take notice of them. They shocked the world because they were knowledgeable of the Word of God. See, it's not about your ability. It's about your availability. That's something very important for all of us to understand. This is encouraging. The Apostle Paul couldn't speak well, but God used him. So listen to this. Again, it is not about your ability. It is about your availability. God has called you to, these are the two S's. God has not called you with the first S to sit. God has called you with the second S to serve. That's what God wants you to do. We need to get, repent of selfish enjoyment, And get into biblical employment. (laughs) God wants to employ you to get involved with being a servant. And remember, when you think you cannot do it, and you start to put yourself down, and think God can't use you, I want to give you a good scripture in closing. Remember Philippians 4 and 13. The Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's a good word to close on here tonight. It's about God strengthening you, not about your ability, your availability, and God's strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to teach you and give you the words to say because it's not about you, it's about him. It's not about what you can do, but what he can do through you. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church regarding these trivial questions.
2: Brother Jim. All right. Well, this is a great night for you to try to stump the pastor. That's right. Give us a call if you've got a question about some trivia questions from the Bible. We'd like to hear from you right after this break. That's right, and that's the number you need to call if you want to talk to Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with him, and we are taking your calls. But before we get to that, uh, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. We need your prayers and financial support to keep this radio program on the air. We are in need of $400 for this week's program. It costs us $400 a week to stay on. We need someone to step up to the plate big time to help us out. We want to thank those who gave last week, Gail, Mary June, Jerry, and Nancy. We don't want you to turn on the uh, the program some Saturday and find out that we're no longer on the air due to a lack of financial support. If you've ever been blessed by this program and Dr. Buckner's teaching, won't you step forward and help us out? There are two ways you can give. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith at P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or the easy way, just go onto your computer to ContendingFaith.org. That's ContendingFaith.org and click on the donate button. And I also want to remind you that uh, Dr. Buckner will be out of the studio next week. Uh, He's going to be spending time with his lovely wife who's celebrating her birthday. And uh, so we're very excited about that. So we will be airing the Best of Contending for the Faith next week. And we'll be back in the studio live on November 3rd. So, Dr. Buckner, uh, before we get to the callers, I just uh, had a couple of uh, comments about the the trivia questions that you had uh, tonight. Yes. And I— Kind of mentioned to you off air that I think you kind of cheated on a couple of them with the first first second and third John starting with numbers, but you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna pick nits on that one. That's pretty good. Uh, but the uh, you, you asked me about uh, the Apostle Paul and be, not really being trained in speaking. And for those astute listeners out there who are familiar with Paul's writings and familiar with the Book of Oh, uh, see, oh, it was in Acts. It was in Acts of the Apostles that uh, he was preaching in a house on the second floor, or actually, it, was, uh, it might have been higher than that. And some kid was sitting in a window, fell asleep, fell out the window, and killed himself. And what did Paul do? He went downstairs and basically raised him from the dead. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's an awesome miracle. But it is funny. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of humor in the Bible. Yeah, and it's also uh, a warning. Uh, you know, uh, Paul. Uh, hopefully, Paul's sermon, you know, didn't put him to sleep. But at the same time, it's also a wake-up call for those in church who fall asleep during Amen. the message. Amen. Amen. might fall over, or dead. just
2: fall asleep in their faith. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they're if you're just kind of playing at this and just showing up, maybe you're going to church on Sundays and you think that just because you walk into a church, you're a Christian. Well, you don't become a Christian by just walking into a church any more than you become a car by driving into a garage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you have to recognize that being a Christian is is a decision of the heart. It's it's one where you make the Lord the Lord of your life, and uh, and that's what we want for you. So the uh, <clears throat> the the city in the Bible called Adam. That was uh, I. That one totally blew by me. I didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm. So that uh, one called, you know, it's just called, named after. And it makes sense, though, doesn't it? I mean, he was the first man. First man. It, it makes sense to somebody to name a city after him.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And the one where the the angels sing, uh, that's also really surprising because we all think about angels singing always. And then, I think I think that comes from all the Christmas carols that we've listened to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, they, it, but it's true. It only says that they are praising God. Praising God. Praising that's God. All. Yeah. Yes, that's Even- why that's why it's so important that this program is so important to people. That's why we encourage people to support the radio program because we uh, are going to be out of studio for a week or so. But uh, we only had two or three people respond last week, and they gave a little. But we need to help people step up with that four hundred next week because we can't come in the studio uh, next time we come in with nothing. because that, that threatens us being on the air. So we want to challenge people. You, when you're hearing stuff like this tonight, it's so valuable because you're not going to hear it other places. And so this is a unique and one of a kind program, but we uh, cannot uh, do what we're doing without your prayers and your support. So we really want to challenge people to step up to the plate. Even now, you know, Jim will give some information on how to do that, but even now, but appreciate what you, the feedback that you're giving as well.
2: Amen. And I think that people, listen, listeners out there that are thinking, well, I can't really give anything. I can't give much because you know, I don't have a lot of money. But the truth is, is that if all the listeners out there just gave a little bit, a few dollars here and there, you'd be amazed how far that that would go. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that are listening to the program. And and if those people just uh, determined that they were going to support at whatever level that they could, just a few dollars. There, I mean, there are actually some ministries that I I think that I do give just a few dollars to, and because I give to a lot of different ministries, and uh, but it goes a long way. It, it, It really, you know, when when many many people give a small gift, that actually adds adds up really quick. Yes, we love to get the big gifts. We love to find somebody who is blessed and is willing to bless the ministry. But we understand that isn't everyone out there. But for those that are listening to the program and and loving what Dr. Buckner is doing here and want to support the program, don't be shy. You know, your small gift can help the ministry. It really can. Amen. So we want to
3: encourage you. Yes, and with the holidays coming now, that's when people uh, get busy, caught up into, you know, the holidays and presents and gifts and family and food. Uh, Don't forget the ministries that are blessing you uh, because that's so important. And also want to say this, that uh, for those who didn't hear <clears throat> me being on, uh, my son and I being on lifeline on last Thursday, you really missed out on a real uh, spiritual treat. So Jim can give you information on what you can do with the podcast to, uh, uh, check that out. I think you'll really be blessed by, uh, listening to lifeline on last Thursday and hear uh, you know, my son and I, uh, God really used him in a mighty way. And I think you'll really be blessed by hearing, uh, how got used did,
2: did that go? Did that uh, uh, program with Craig Roberts go on to onto your podcast on, on Contending for the Faith podcast? Yes, I think it's it's on to ours as well as
3: his. Okay,
2: yes. uh, I haven't seen it come up in the feed yet, so that's okay, why I asked.
3: maybe maybe it's not on ours yet, but I definitely know it's on his.
2: Yeah, we should make sure that it does get on yours. That would yes, be a great yes,
3: idea. Yes, definitely.
2: <clears throat> All right. Well, I think it might be time to move on to some callers. What do you think? Let's do that. Well, I think we've got Deborah. Deborah, are you there? Debra?
4: Hello.
3: Hi, how you doing?
4: Are uh, you breaking up?
3: Well, we don't want to break up with you, Deborah. Yes, we don't want to break up with you. Amen. <laughs> so, can you hear us now?
4: No, you're breaking up. Um Brother Beckner, can you understand me?
3: I can understand you. So, share with us what's on your heart.
4: Well, um it says in scripture that um, you know, unless we can prophesied perfectly God will condemn us you know um what happens when the uh, prophet doesn't prophesize perfect perfectly but it's still trying
3: well well the thing the thing that's important for us to understand today is that there are no prophets like the way they were in the first century you know the office of a, a prophet and apostle has ceased, but not the prophetic gift of prophecy. So the prophetic gift of prophecy always fits under the umbrella of preaching the Word of God. So it's more so today preaching the Word of God. It's not like the seventeen prophets in the Old Testament, when they prophesied, they never made a mistake. When you talked about Jeremiah and Isaiah, Daniel, and so forth and so forth, because they were legit, bona fide prophets. And you remember it says in Hebrews, uh, it says, uh, God in sundry times spoke to the prophets, but in these last days, he speaks to us through his son. So today, God speaks to us through his son, and the uh, prophecy— the word of prophecy is actually preaching the word of God is synonymous with preaching the word of God. So we are to be consistent with just preaching what God says through the Bible. And then if somebody's not preaching what God says, uh, you will know it. That's why the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica, because they tested everything that Paul said to the word of God. And Paul proved himself to be legit as far as preaching the word of God, even though he was a bona fide apostle. So uh, it falls under more so uh, testing things by the Word of God and making sure a person is preaching the truth of God's Word. And uh, if they're not, like, you you know, we know that from Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, and cults, and even those who are false prophets in uh, certain organizations, uh, well, you know, you got to know your Bible. You got to know that uh, the Word of God, and then you are to put these things to the test, because the Apostle Paul says, "To test all things, and hold fast to that which is good." So, we test it to the Word of God to see if it's consistent to what God has already said, and if it's not, then we know that it's a false teacher.
4: Oh, thank you. Um, are, can I can I talk to Nancy this week before you? You go off together, or are you going to not be in town?
3: Well, we we are not for sure yet, but uh, I will mention that to her and uh, see what's going on, and maybe she can squeeze in some time to give you a call.
4: And I would like to, is it possible to talk to Benjamin sometime?
3: Yeah, I'm sure he would love to talk to you. I mean, he loves ministering to people and talking to them. I'm sure we can work out something with that, too
4: because I don't get a lot of fellowship around the Word because I can't go to church anymore.
3: Yeah, well, the, when you can't go to church, the church needs to come to you. That's very important. So, uh,
4: Well, my church does try, but, you know, there's a lot of people who don't come anymore because mm-hmm. you know, they're used to me coming, but, you know. Yeah,
3: they need to be faithful in coming to you and, and ministering to you and serving communion and on and on. Uh, you have any prayer requests that we can pray for you before you oh, go? Oh, yes, okay. I do. What's on your heart?
4: My um, brother George had major dental surgery. Um, uh, three different procedures were done in his mouth, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they told him to put gauze in his mouth because they don't want to use, they don't want to simulate saliva in his mouth because um, it's very serious. He's not born again, or his wife, Kathy, they're not born again. And I'm very concerned about him because he's still suffering a great deal. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, well, let's let's pray around that uh, prayer request, and we'll have Brother Jim to do that. Brother Hi, Deborah. Jim. how you doing?
4: Hi, Jim. Thank you for being faithful and coming in with Brother Buckner.
2: Oh, I thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's lift you up in prayer and, and what your needs are. Father, we thank you so much for Deborah. She's a faithful caller. And Lord, we uh, we pray for her friend, uh, George's friend. Is that right, Deborah? Or is that a family member?
4: No, that's my natural brother
2: and his wife. Oh, it's natural brother. Okay, so we pray for her brother, George. And uh, Lord, we pray that after he's had these uh, surgeries, Lord, and he's going through some suffering right now, as we all do, Lord, in this life, this life is full of suffering. And uh, Lord, we pray that, that he would, uh, through the suffering, Lord, that he would find the truth of your word, that you would bring someone into his life, Lord, that would be able to reach him with the gospel. And, Father, that he would be born again in the spirit. Lord, we pray that that uh, his heart would be changed towards you and that he would worship you and you alone. Lord, we thank you for Deborah, that uh, she has her brother George on her heart, and we pray that you would uh, not forget about him. And, Lord, that... Uh, that he would, uh, he would bend his knee to you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, because you are an awesome God.
3: In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. Thank you, thank you Deborah, okay. for your call, and we'll get back with you. Okay. All righty. God bless you.
4: God bless you, too. I love you.
3: I love you as well. Uh, do we have enough time to? All right. Okay, so let's go to our next caller.
2: Cece, are you
3: there? Uh, yes, I am. How are you doing this evening?
0: I'm I'm
3: hanging in there. Oh, good. Can you talk closer to the uh, phone? We can hardly hear you.
0: Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Much better. Much better. Um, You know what I'm going to do? You have a question, right? Is it in Revelation?
0: Yes, it is.
3: And what is it? Revelation what?
0: Revelation chapter 1. I mean, mean Revelation 11, verse 1 and 2.
3: Okay, got a homework assignment for you. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. I'm going to have you to do a homework on that That's verse of scripture. And uh, I'm not going to answer it this time. I'm going to let you do homework on it. And you'll have, uh, uh, we'll be back, uh, let's see, November the 3rd, around something like that. So uh, when we come back, I'm going to have you to share what you got out of this. So this is going to be a homework assignment for you. How about that? Well, I
0: take the, I take the assignment, you know. Um, I,
3: I'll take it. All right. And that gives you plenty of time to, to uh, you know, do some deep research on it. And I know you always come through with uh, some meat. I know you're not going to give us bones. So uh, I know God will work with you. But since we have you on the air, how did this these trivia questions Speak to you, and which one? Uh, what did you learn out of these questions?
0: Well, a lot of the previous questions touched on numerous ways. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, I'm thinking it shows also is to be diligent in your studies. Not only be diligent in your studies, but to but, but to pay meticulous details, because a lot of the things that you have mentioned, people have probably read read over And I'm not I'm not putting people down for that because I've done it too you probably read over them and didn't really notice those things, but sometimes we can read the Bible and not actually, you know, we see the words there, but a lot of stuff, we don't really catch on to it. I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there probably say, hey, I've read that before, I never noticed that, you know? And so it, just, it keeps you on your P's and Q's, and also um, it, it challenges you, because so if, you, if you're a true child of God and you know these, you hear these trivia questions, what it does, it, it, it excites you on one plane, and then the other plane it drive you to say, hey, you know, I need to get more into my word and, and study, you know be prepared to give an hope and answer this life within you and also what it spoke to me too I like the one where you talked about Enoch all of, I liked all of the ones Enoch because when I was when I was uh, really really young I, I I was really amazed at how he went to heaven and never experienced death when all when I was really young, I actually prayed that prayer that that would happen to me and then how you brought the, how you brought it out today and it really uh, brought more light to it.
3: Mm -hmm. very good well I'm sure glad that you got uh, touched and it's uh, a blessing to hear you share about pay attention to the details and uh, it challenges you to get into the word of God and I add to that to get the word of God into us too because that's what it's all about You know, hopefully this will excite us and build a fire in our heart for the word of God and that we'll get into it and like you said Pay attention to the details, but uh, even in the midst of that, sometimes you miss the details, and that 's why God has set in the church teachers like myself to uh, you know surprise us with the details because there 's so many things that we look over and we read, but we miss them, and that 's why a good teacher helps to bring those things out so appreciate uh, your, your your sharing uh, these things uh, so uh we, when we come back, uh, hear the music, when we come back, we're going to get to your prayer requests, and then we'll get to whoever else called in. That's
2: All right. Well, we've got to take a moment to have our sponsors better serve you, and when we come back, we'll take some more calls. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we're taking your calls. We're in the final stretch of the program. Uh, we are, still have uh, CC on the line. CC, are you
3: there?
0: Uh, yes, I am.
3: All right, then. What's, what's your prayer request?
0: Um, if you can, I want you guys to just pray for uh, my family again, Rosa Linda. Um, and um, it's a, uh, also pray for um, it's a friend of mine, family member, who is in a coma right now. And um, I don't think she's a believer. And that's I just want to pray, you know, if, if God would be merciful, that he would bring her through. And if you could lift up uh, Kevin Hart and um, let's say, uh, uh, Kevin Kevin Hart and um, I forget the other guy's name, but just lift lift up Kevin Hart and um, if you can um, toward the end of the question, if you just or or next program, if you can um, bring to the light. Um, I heard the question. They said there's someone that's, um, under 50 years old still consider a baby. And I just wanted to have your have your input on that. Maybe next time when you come in, you if you can uh, open that up.
3: All right. Well, we'll. See if we can deal with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so,
2: what was the name of the person that's in a coma? Cece.
0: Um. Well, actually, I actually don't um know the know the name of the person that's in a coma. I, I forget because there's it's, it's a friend of mine. Family. They just, they just told me that, uh, and it, it just happened. She was sick, and then she got into a coma, and so the family's really upset. Okay. And... You can actually pray for him. And also, yeah, the other guy personated I forgot, the other celebrity name is Brad Pitt. That's his name. I, was trying, I knew his face, but I couldn't, I had to think of his name.
2: Okay. okay. All right. Well, uh, Father in heaven, we thank you for CC and we thank you for his faithfulness. Lord, we, uh, we pray as always for his uh, mother, Rosalinda, and we pray that you would continue to keep her healthy and strong. Lord, we pray for the person that we don't know the name of, Lord, but who's in a coma and apparently they don't know who you are. And so, Father, we pray that not only would you uh, recover them from the coma, Lord, but that when they come back, Lord, that they would, uh, maybe the experience, Lord, but you'd bring somebody into their life that would uh, share the gospel with them and that they would become part of the family of God. Lord, we thank you for some great uh, celebrities that uh, really entertain us. Kevin Hart, really funny guy, Lord. We just pray that... Uh, that somehow you can reach him with the gospel and that uh that he would uh that he would bend his knee to Jesus Christ. As well as Brad Pitt, Lord, we know that he grew up in a religious home and Father we pray that uh that he would also uh Father that his eyes would be opened and he would serve you. Uh Lord that he these two guys are celebrities, they reach a lot of people as we know. And Lord we just pray that uh that they could be uh, their conversion could speak to people, and and uh, uh, more people would could uh, could come to Christ as a result of it. Lord, that's what our true prayer is. We thank you, Lord, and we pray all these things in the wise and holy name of Jesus Christ.
3: Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Jim, and thank you, CC, for your call. and God bless you, and keep strong.
0: You too. Thank you.
3: All righty. All right. Well, let's move on to the next caller. I think we
2: have
5: Sally. Yes,
3: yeah, Sally. How you doing? Sally? I have
5: a trivia question for you.
3: Uh, what what what's on your heart?
5: Uh, you named two people, Enoch, and Jude, that prophesied similar things, but there's a third person that made the same kind of prophecy.
3: And who might that be?
5: Uh, <laughs> First Samuel. One first, actually, I hope everybody reads First Samuel one and two because I think they'll be surprised at how much information is there that helps us in our Christian life. First um, Samuel two ten.
3: Okay, and what you Who have your that? Bible there, Hannah. Okay. Yes, I do. All right, it's over
5: here. I have to stretch.
3: Well, you you, you, read it? you yeah, you can read it. Uh
5: huh. I'll just read that one verse. I'd love to read the whole thing, but I um, the the. Uh, this is Hannah, who is the mother of Samuel. And this is right after he was taken back to, to, uh, leave him with the priest, which is an amazing thing for a mother to do. And towards the end of, of, uh, that, uh, her prayer, uh, first she gave a wonderful testimony. Then she gave a prayer. And, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed.
3: Right, right. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, there were people, <clears throat> and you're absolutely right, there were other people that prophesy as well. <clears throat> but my question basically was the first person that prophesied right, in the Bible.
5: Right. So, but I just... I just uh, found that in the 70s when I was doing Bible study fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I just was really blessed by reading Hannah's testimony, because oh, yeah. we sure don't do that. We don't have that kind of knowledge. How did she get that knowledge? She certainly had it from God's Spirit.
3: Oh, you better believe it, because that's the only way you're going to get it, is uh, the gift of knowledge just comes from the Spirit of God. But we appreciate you uh, sharing that, because it's always good to uh, hear additional people in the Bible that prophesied, and especially from the perspective of a female as well. So thank you for your call, and always for listening in, and let some more people tune in as well.
5: I just referred somebody to Jude. I said, have you ever read Jude? He said, I heard of it, but i 've never read it and i I wanted him i don 't know whether he's a Christian. It would be kind of hard for a non christian to read it but i'm amazed at Jude too, because he was one of the one of the family members that just didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus until after his resurrection, so those are special people
3: oh yeah, absolutely and Thank you. that's a that's a ray of hope for those who are have uh, relatives who Uh, out there that's uh, lost or don't want to hear the word of God, never give up on them because uh, most of uh, Jesus's uh, siblings were unbelievers. Uh, And later on, uh, God was able to get to them. And I believe that, uh, you know, when the seed is planted, uh, another person watereth and God gives the increase. So Uh, And God says, if my word goes forth, it will not return to me void, but it will prosper wherein I send it. Never give up on your family members, no matter how dark their lives are, because God has a way of touching them, just like he did with Jude. And not only touch them, but he could use them as well. So thank you so much, uh, Sally. Always good to hear from you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless
2: that's very interesting the uh um with jude and the fact that you know as, as jesus's brother and he uh he didn't really come to faith until after his resurrection it, you know it makes me think about when when jesus was trying to preach in his own hometown and they all rejected him and how much more would the, if his, if the people in his own hometown rejected him how much more would his own siblings that were <laughs> you know you can imagine as a, as a, you know i've had brothers and sisters the last thing you want to think of is that they're all that, right? Oh yeah. Even though I'm sure he never sinned, so his example for them growing up. But he was the older one. Mm-hmm. And uh and so it it uh it, it is really astonishing to think about being a sibling
3: of of Jesus Christ. What what an amazing thing that would oh, be. Oh yeah, what an amazing thing. And James another one. And James got to the point where, you know, he came to know the Lord later on too and and it's interesting that they used to call James, who wrote the book of James, I taught a class on James. They used to call him Camel Knees. Because he was on his knees. All because then, he was right? always on his knees. Yeah. He learned a lot from his brother. Yeah, I think we have somebody listening to the program on
2: the phone right now. I can hear them. Bomani, is that you?
3: Brother Bo. Yes, I'm here.
2: How are you doing, my <laughs> brother? <laughs> i
3: <I'm laughs> pretty good. How's everyone doing? Uh, we you, you are You were listening quietly blessed. over there. You were, tr- you were thinking, they, they don't
2: know that I'm listening to my...
3: Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's always good to hear from you, Brother Bo, and... And and this, by the yeah. way, this is bull money. This is not CeCe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I want to just make, yeah. uh, guess, some clarification yeah. there. But uh, w- what's on uh, your heart tonight? It's good to hear from you. We don't generally get calls from you, yeah. but it's always a blessing when we do.
1: Yeah. To the show, of course, and I know you're, you're the man with the answers. And I so had to call in um, Brother Manning, you know, he, um, he, he wanted me to, you know, uh you know ask a question, say the phone lines are open, so we might as well jump on there, you know, amen, um, yeah, so you know, the question I had was um i've heard you talk about this before, but I just want some clarification um the curse of canaan, the Canaan's descendants, uh the curse of ham, um in Genesis nine and twenty, you know nine twenty through about twenty seven or so Because um, I cause i I believe that um, that a lot of people used to believe that. This is the reason why the black race was cursed, because of the descendants of Ham, mm-hmm. um, because of what Canaan did, how he saw his father's nakedness, uh, Father Noah's nakedness. Mm-hmm. And many used to believe that, um, you know, that the black race was uh, cursed and, and that, that slavery was, um, you know, was justified because of that. And I just wanted some
3: clarification on that. Oh, thank you. That's a very good question. And I've dealt with this many different times from a biblical perspective. Uh, Well, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look at the uh, historical and biblical information of uh, the three sons of Noah, you know, each one of them um, after the flood went to various places. uh, Mm -hmm. And um, Shem stayed towards the Middle East, which... Uh, caused the pigmentation of his skin uh, because of the climate to stay, like, between, like, a Jewish person. And then Japheth went towards the mm-hmm. north, which the uh, climate and the pigmentation of his skin turned more whiter. And then Ham went more towards Cush, and then the pigmentation of his skin over a generation of time, it got darker. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the argument is... Um, not a strong argument, and it's unbiblical yeah. uh, for somebody to try mm-hmm. to argue that Ham uh, was a black man. Uh, no, Ham was not a black man, and they the slaves' uh, masters used to use Ham as an example of saying that black people were cursed, and they were not only cursed with black skin, but they were cursed with uh, smaller brains. And so mm. uh, what we are dealing with here is they took even Genesis 9, 25-27, and talked about Ham being cursed. Really, when you look at the passage of uh, Genesis 9, and uh, verse 20, uh, with five, it says, Then said, Noah awoke from his wine, and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed curse be Canaan. Um, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren, so the curse never did fall on ham uh even yeah. though he did he didn 't cover his father, but the curse came on his progenitors, and when you look at the progenitors of uh Ham, they were known as the Phoenicians, so literally it took generations upon generations. For uh, Ham and his family, even though they migrated to Cush, which is Africa, it took a while for the pigmentation of that. So the curse be Canaan. Why did the curse fall on Canaan, who was not black neither? Ham was not black, neither was Canaan, uh, the Canaanites. So the issue was here was that God was looking ahead at and idolatrous people, as well as he was looking at people who would battle with uh, his people, Israel, throughout. So God finally conquered Canaan through his own people and dominated them and conquered them. But he knew that they would be into idolatry, they would be the enemies of God, and God just said... It's gonna—they're gonna literally become a curse because I'm gonna to have to deal with them on that level of uh, that perspective of a curse, not so much as that they're gonna be cursed with uh, the coloration of their skin. No, that's—it has nothing to do with that. So these people, what they do is they isogee scripture. They read into it what they wanted to say. It has no biblical warrant and it also is uh, a text taken out of a context becomes a pretext for error, and they really error. Mm-hmm. So this is really important, the way I broke it down, and hopefully that really helped you
1: out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Um, so what, what uh, part of the world did the Phoenicians live in?
3: Well, the Phoenicians were, uh, you know, like in the Mediterranean area, you know, towards Israel, and they were mm-hmm. spread it out in those areas. But the Phoenician people were more... Uh, towards the Caucasian race. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the whole context of trying to argue that they are black uh, really hits in the face of all of that. There's no argument from that in any way.
2: Wasn't that sort of popularized by Brigham Young
3: or uh, Joseph Smith? Yeah, Brigham Young also in, in, in the Mormon church also uh, argued this as well. Uh, slaveholders uh, argued this. And there are some people today try to argue this as well. But Mormons, yeah, that's a good point. Mormons have always tried to argue this. Yeah. They so, don't anymore, but they okay. but they used to hold that. They used energy. to hold that, yeah. uh, too. They said that they had received a new revelation, yeah. uh, and uh, that uh, Spencer Kimmel, in 1978, said that he received a new revelation that uh, the curse is no longer right. on yeah. the black. And really, he didn't receive a new revelation, The, the revelation that he did receive was from a whole bunch of black militant groups who went to him and started calling the organization racist and he said i got to do something about that so he changed it mormons changed their revelation like a man changing his underwear every day you never know when this, <laughs> the next time they're gonna change it again that's right yeah. yes yeah so good question bo and uh keep bringing it man hopefully it's helped you out all right well i, I right, hear God that bless. music you, you know what that means All right, Brother Bro, God bless you. God bless you. And your family,
2: too. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith